1: Hello and welcome to Scottish Sun Sports Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. Today I'm joined by Gareth Law. May I first of all wish a happy new year to all our listeners, the first podcast of 2017. Gareth,
2: are you well? Very well. Looking forward to another new year. Full of good opinions and analysis to come. Can't promise that, but I'll do my best.
1: <laughs> a number of days into the transfer window for yep. January already interesting moves by the old firm we'll start with Celtic Gareth fascinating move for the Ivory Coast teenager Kowasi Abu apologies if the pronunciation is a mile out 19 year old international from Krasnodar is this a typical Celtic move like they have done in recent years Gareth where it's clearly a player of
2: Great potential, As you say, he's 19. I think he's only played about 19 times as well for Krasnodar in a couple of seasons there. So on the face of it, he's not got a great deal of pedigree as far as first team experience goes. But you look at the price tag, £2.8 million for your dealer ready to offer him. That's um, a big investment. It's a massive investment for somebody so young and so effectively inexperienced. But I think what Brendan Rodgers has got, which... Uh, certainly Ronnie Dyler probably didn't have beforehand was the confidence of the board to go and spend this amount of money now on a, on a player. They've got a belief in the manager. Presumably the manager would have asked for backing anyway. That was part of his, his kind of deal coming up here in the first place. But when he, he just has to point to the striker he's got playing up front and how much he cost, Moussa Dembele, 500 grand, you just have to use him as an example. And I think the board surely must believe now that Rodgers has got the ability to uncover and the contacts to uncover talents that perhaps we don't know about. He's certainly a name that when it was breaking yesterday I think all of us had to go and have a kind of look into his background two or three days in. I think the start of the year was a bit of a slow burn In the first two days with concrete transfer arrivals certainly warmed up yesterday with this news.
1: I think it's a particularly fascinating one Gareth in the sense that it's a couple of months now since John Park left as head of recruitment and yeah. You know, over the best part of ten years, John's track record with unearthing players that no one had heard of but who had potential and subsequently developed and were sold for, for huge money, I think i had been well established. In his absence, it was it was always going to be interesting how Celtic approached this transfer window. This is a kind of signing I think that was very much a hallmark of, of John's before, but Clearly Brendan's using his own contacts now and as you say, given the enormous success of Brendan this season the board are going to back him
2: 100% Yeah, no, 100% I think obviously the, the players he's brought in you know, Scott Sinclair has, has, has done so well as well, you do look at Doris DeVries and you look at Colo Torre and, and maybe they've not done what Brendan would have hoped or anticipated that, that they would have done when he brought them in but you can't argue with, with when he's when he spent the, the bigger money, the bigger bucks you know, with your Sinclair, it's just come off. So you've got to think Eboué is going to be a player. You, you wonder how long it'll take him to get used to the game here. As it, you know, we both said he's so young and where he's going to fit in. I mean, that midfield has been doing all right this season. Possibly he's bringing him in, not looking for this season. You know, look, not looking for him to hit the ground running. He's already looking, you know, beyond the end of this season into those Champions League qualifiers mm-hmm. and betting him in rather than bringing him in and in the summer. And expecting him to, you know, spark. Then he's now given him a little bit of time to bed in and, and get used to things here first. Although
1: there'll be a big expectancy on the kid because at two point eight exactly. million pounds, I mean, that's a huge outlay. I mean, they brought in uh, Victor Winyama at nine hundred thousand, and of course we all know how he developed. But it was nine hundred thousand, so there was less of a pressure. Yeah, two point eight million is not
2: that far off what Scott Sinclair cost. Um, it's a bit like Siminovic coming in as well. you know, yeah. you know it's, it's different when you bring in a guy for five hundred grand. Even just as a sell on potential, it's, it's obviously easier to make a bigger markup when you're bringing a guy in for near on £3 million. They must think that. He's got massive potential to make them a lot of money in the future as well.
1: I mean, it's a very imaginative move. Yeah. I mean, obviously, from our point of view, Gareth, it's a fascinating one to write about. It's more interest. So, from our point of view, it's very welcome. Ball accounts, he's a bit of a hothead in the pitch as well.
2: I think that'll be interesting to see how he adapts to things here. He's obviously in, in Glasgow today. The deal still hasn't been, you know, it's not over the line yet. There's still a work permit, there's still personal terms to be agreed, I think. Certainly, with the way things were being talked about yesterday, Celtic are quite confident that that won't be too much of an issue. Also intrigued by the, the talk that Brendan Rodgers is also working on, on another big money deal as well. So there might be more news before the end of the end of the month. One thing with Brendan Rodgers' arrival and the players he's able to attract, it has kind of got that interest. You know, it's, it's generated a bit mm. more interest. Yes. Kwasi Aboui is a bit kind of uh, we we don't know a lot about him, but it's just generally you know, there's, there's money being spent now, the managers being backed, he's bringing in players, there's confidence amongst uh, you know amongst them um, Celtic right now, so I, th- I think it's, it's it's great to see that you know happening here happening in Scotland. It's again. a big statement by Celtic, isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, so yeah. early
1: into the window, yeah. you, you, we are always expecting Rodgers to to bring in new players and spend a bit of money, but so soon. You know they've got a massive lead in the
2: league. Just going to say that, Derek. You I mean, know, you could argue that. That's what I was kind of referring to earlier. They don't need him now. They don't need him now because effectively that league is is done and dusted. They're, presumably they must be looking into the future. Forward planning. Yeah.
1: And if that's the case, then credit to them because that makes yeah. sense. You know, you know, Rogers obviously went through an emotional roller coaster last summer trying to make the group stages. He's clearly trying to make that a bit easier this summer. Yeah, you know, as I said, a big statement by Celtic, and you're you're fairly confident
2: there'll be one or two more coming in. Do you think? Gareth? I think there'll be one more. I think he's generated and deserving of that confidence from the from the board in in his targets. I think he's. Uh, I think, he's doing that.
1: I think in terms of authority, Gareth. I think no Celtic manager, or the, sorry, should I say the last Celtic manager to have the authority that Brendan has is Martin, Martin O'Neill. O'Neill.
2: Yeah.
1: I think basically what Brendan wants, he will get.
2: And I think added to that, you know, you've done press conferences with him. We've all done press conferences with him. When he when he speaks to us, there's a clarity there. You know, he has a message, he has an opinion, he has an argument, but he can justify it and back it up mm. in in clear terms. And you, and you can imagine whether it's dealing with the players, whether it's dealing with the board. You know, he can get his message across and and put across a, a very decent argument when he's when he's going for players, when he's setting out teams, tactics. There's a clarity about about him as well, which will only make things easier for him when he's wanting something.
1: Who would you anticipate would be heading out the exit door at Parkhead, Gareth? Because would, you would have thought that Rodgers, as keen as he is to strengthen from a position of strength, he must also be looking to trim that squad. I think he's on record as stating that he doesn't like too big a squad, and uh, clearly he has a lot of players who really they're not going to be featuring for him?
2: Yeah, I mean... What kind of names would you imagine? Well, there's already been talk about Palermo and Logan, Logan Bailey, I think. You would imagine he'll he'll be going, he's certainly not going to feature with uh, De Vries there now. Boyata, I think, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the move, I don't think. I don't think, I don't think he's um, he's done too much. Him or... if e. Ambrose. Ambrose, of course. I mean, there's, there's a... Nadir Chief chiefchi as well. If you'd asked me two or three months ago, as like I said, Gary mackay Stephen, mm-hmm. but he's obviously came back in and done it, done okay at times. You know, you look at your Ryan Christie's, your Scott Allen's. You know that there's 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 guys there. There's there's a plethora of players there that you know some of them have got potential. I think he's
1: keen on Ryan Christie. I do think he's, yeah. I mean, it'll be frustrating for Ryan Christie. I think he likes him, but certainly Scott Allen, you're needing binoculars to see him at the moment.
2: But yeah, I think you're right about Ryan Christie, but he's not getting that regular game time, and yeah. and I just wonder. I'm not saying he'll go on a permanent basis. Possibly he just needs a, a six-month loan deal somewhere Something similar to what benefited Liam Henderson Exactly, yeah well, And you mentioned Liam Henderson There's another one who, who seems to have the, the confidence of, of his manager Whenever you speak to him and, and Brendan They both speak highly of each other But he needs game time
1: I think a lot of the time when we see a player Particularly at a big club getting sent out on loan Your instinct is, well, that he's not he's no part of the plans But in fairness, there can be instances where A player is part of the plans And the loan move is genuinely to boost everyone and yeah. it boosted Henderson. Do you think it would boost Ryan Christie to go somewhere and play regularly? I think, and it would. in turn boost Celtic.
2: I think it would because
1: yeah. um, he's too he's, good a player to be.
2: He's too good a player, but also as we've said, talking about a coming in, they don't need Ryan Christie right now to the point that he'd be better off going and playing for a, a team every week. I think it would benefit both parties because they can do without Christie right now. You know, but, but, but he, he needs football at his age. He needs football now.
1: I really feel for Ryan Christie Gareth I'm, I'm sure. The dealings you've had with him You've been very impressed with him as well I think he's a, he's a good kid yep. I think he's a very good player And I think he merits playing regularly somewhere else I know for a fact that he doesn't particularly want to leave Celtic But his talent is kind of wasted I think And uh, it probably would serve
2: him better Going elsewhere yep. To then come back a better player for Celtic Whereas the rest of them The one, the, rest, the other names you've mentioned There's clearly no future for them No, exactly I mean, I think the writing's on the wall For, for Ambrose Boyata Bailey uh, Scott Allen, Gary Mackay, Stephen, I think the, the jury's throwing that maybe he'll get into the end of the season. And, and
1: there's a wages issue. I mean, Celtic clearly are they're not short of a penny or two. Yeah. But nevertheless, Rodgers will look at his budget and look at the squad and he'll look to be a bit creative. Yeah. You know, if I can get five or six
2: out, I can use that accordingly. And it's almost the legacy of, it's Ronnie Dyler's legacy, if you like. We always talked about last season how big that squad was. He just kept on. Add in midfielder after midfielder. So th- th- there is a, can we say, wastage that can be can we got rid of there so, and with, without you know being detrimental to the squad.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottishsun.co.uk slash sport.
1: We look at Rangers now, latest name to the four is the Arsenal midfielder John Terrell, currently in loan to La Liga Strugglers Granada, again another player that Mark Warburton has worked with. We revealed yesterday that a proposed move for Yota, who Warburton had worked with at Brentford and who had been at Ibar, it's not going to happen because of finances. How important do you think, Gareth, it is that Warburton certainly strengthens these attacking options? what have you heard about John Terrell
2: yeah I think it's an interesting one he's got a bit of pedigree he's got a bit of experience playing playing uh, a very good level yeah in England and he's also got a bit of experience as you say working under, under Mark himself at Brentford um, it seems to be a, a regular recipe for Rangers signings that they've that that they have some association with with Mark. A lot of them have done, so he'll know him. It's not gone so well for him this season. He was off. Uh, he's been out on loan at Granada, and, and I don't think that that move has gone too well. I think, I think originally it was supposed to be a, a season-long loan, and part of the reason the door has been opened for him to go to Rangers is because it just hasn't worked out.
1: I know it's latterly said fitness issues as well, yeah. Gareth, which would be you would think of some concern. Certainly, you know the Rangers fans will be. Studying every detail about any
2: targets, and if if they see a player could come in when he's had fitness problems, that's a concern. A, particularly a concern when you look at the numbers on the treatment table at Rangers mm. right now, and add in the fact that you know the plan would not have been for Joy Barton to to leave so soon. But uh, you know, obviously, Cranch has out, Rossiter's, you know, not had that run of games because of fitness as We've well. But not seen him since August. No. So um. so I think I think. I think the fitness would be a would be a concern. He was voted Birmingham's I think last season that he was voted um Birmingham's club player of the year, so he's he certainly got talent. Mm. Um, but as you say, I think it's, it could be just as much about whether he can he can stay fit for long enough to show that talent.
1: I wonder Gareth how important you think this particular transfer window is for Watford, you know, especially because last summer he signed a lot of players and it's fair to say most for one reason or another, have not worked out, and obviously he's got Nico Cranchar out with a long-term injury. He can't legislate for that. He's got no idea of that. Jordan Rossiter, we have not seen since August. Joey Barton. You know, we could go on. From that point of view, I'm just wondering how big a transfer window is this one for Warburton, taking everything into account.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's a big transfer window for Mark Warburton and Frank McParland. To be honest, I think I think there's um... Frank McParland the head of recruitment yeah, yeah I, th- I think just because he was brought in and, mm. and he was hailed as um, the best in the business yeah and I think um, well connected yeah and and I think some Rangers fans would say perhaps that the way his recruitment in the summer has, has panned out I say his recruitment their recruitment has, has panned out maybe hasn't totally lived up to that that billing mm. I think it's also possibly difficult with the finances at Rangers as well I think you know there's, there's one thing being able to bring uh, sorry saying that you know he's the best in the business, but sometimes you need a bit of finance to to kind of back that up and and, and justify that, that claim, you know. But I think that this this window is going to be a difficult window. I don't think there's going to be a lot of money there for Rangers to spend, hence they're going for for the likes of Terrell on on a loan. And I think yes, it's an important transfer window, but I'm if I'm being honest, I haven't got too high an expectation for in terms of the numbers and the, and the quality coming in this window J- just purely because of Rangers position and, and, and what they can what the, the finances they have or haven't got
1: of course Sunsport revealed that striker Joe Gardner who of course cost ward £1.8 million in the last transfer window he's possibly out for three months with a shoulder injury I'm pretty sure that ward would not have been anticipating he might have to look for an actual striker as well Do you think that That might have maybe Changed his thinking In terms
2: of at least One more player Maybe it's changed His thinking Well yes I I think they do need A striker now Possibly they needed A striker Before Joe Garner's Well good point Injury Wasn't exactly scoring For fun Joe Garner No no, And I I don't think To be fair I mean Kenny Miller was, was Getting goals But apart from that from that front line, there, there weren't too many others coming that way. Um, you know, they were relying on needing other players. To, yeah, to back I mean, it with up.
1: with the greatest of respect to Gardner for you know, his commitment, his work rate, etc., etc. Bullying defenders. The bottom line is, he's a striker, never looks like scoring, or rarely looks like scoring.
2: But I, th- I think maybe what it, what it, that injury might have done is it might have strengthened Mark Warburton's hand in putting an argument forward to the board now as to why he needs that striker beforehand. He might have had less of an argument because he had Garner. Now, now effectively, he, need, he needs a striker, so it might actually help his argument when he goes to the board. Now, I think.
1: Do you like Celtic? Do you anticipate Warburton looking to let one or two go out the door, or does he have a big enough squad to be able to do that, Gareth?
2: I'm not so sure if he's if he's got a big enough squad to do that. I mean, there's this been this long talk about Martin Waghorn. There's been interest from him, mm-hmm. Bristol City. Um, Still no movement on a contract extension. Exactly, so I think that'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Apart from that, you you look at the squad and despite the numbers that came in in the summer, I don't think he's got a lot of slack there. Matt Crooks maybe, other than that. Can't see a lot of movement there. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest.
1: Now as I said, it's the first William Hill-sponsored podcast of 2017 another particular transfer story that I think is intriguing at the moment concerns Aberdeen's Niall McGinn you know, he's now got 5-6 months left of his contract hearts are very strongly interested would love to tie him down in a pre-contract big player for Aberdeen I'm sure the, the, the Aberdeen fans will be very concerned about the idea of him, of him leaving how do you read that situation just now Gareth I
2: must admit Derek from the moment this came out my, my gut was almost telling me that I believe it when I Want to see it happen? Him going to Hearts? Uh huh. I mean, I look at it and I look at it and I think well, it's, it's not as though Narmigan is is a guy whose whose family comes from Edinburgh or you know Central Belt and he's wanting to move back down south, back down south to be near a family. Or right now as well, you can't say a move to Hearts is a step up. To me, Hearts right now, you know, we've had people say Cathro's. His time. We've said people. We've had people say that Cathro, you know, has been promoted ahead of his time. But whichever way you look at it, Hearts are a club in transition. Mm. To me, Aberdeen. You think it'd be a step down for him if he went to Hearts? As things stand at the moment. Yes, I mean at, at the, the big clubs are at the moment. At the very best, it's a step sideways. I, 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 I don't think. I, I would presume Aberdeen can offer him more money. I, I, I would just everything about Aberdeen right now seems a lot more stable than Hearts, and mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't know. The, the only att- attraction is that. To me, on are attraction, but the only link you can look at it is that he obviously knows Austin McPhee from Northern Ireland, from the Northern Ireland squad.
1: I suppose if one thing you would understand, at this stage of his career, he's 29, he's had an exceptional year for club and country, he starred at the Euros with Northern Ireland. He's entitled to see what else is out there. Totally. That would be wise.
2: I would, I would, I'd be more inclined to think that his peak years. he would sit tight and see what there is... On offer mm-hmm. come the end, rather than him signing a pre-contract with Hearts, you know m- maybe there's clubs down south, you know you, you might want to crack down there again. I just think it'd be a strange, a strange, strange move if he went at Hearts, particularly right now. If 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 it had been when Robbie Nielsen was there and they were sitting second, fair enough. I mean you, you could even argue the point then possibly, but even then I, I still would have found it a strange move. I mean, in
1: addition to McGinn, do you also think it's key that Derek McInnes at Aberdeen brings back Madison? James Madison for the rest of the season because clearly I think there was an assumption he was coming back from Norwich City there's a bit of doubt about it but do you think Madison is key for Aberdeen if they're going to get second place?
2: I don't know about key but I think he's he, he's, he's been an important player to them in the first half of the season he's obviously gone back down to Norwich Norwich isn't a club that you could say is a happy ship right now so Madison's gone back down there the thing is with Madison, of course he can't play for another club. He can't play no, for a third club in a calendar year. He can't, and also from uh, from McInnes' point of view, though, the one the, the benefit of the winter break is yes, he, w- he would want to get it tied up quickly, but to a point he's got two and a half weeks to do it. Yep, and he's also got two and a half weeks. Alec Neil was was he he said last week that. Probably the chances of, of Madison going back to Aberdeen Will depend on, on what Norwich can do in the transfer market yep. So it gives it gives Norwich two and a half weeks to, to do a bit of business as well So I'm not saying we're going to see it happen this week But On I, balance you think he would come back I think he'll come back Keep bang up to date with Scottish football By following Sunsport on Twitter
1: Moving away from the transfer window Gareth and, and moving away from the club scene We look at Scotland And we look at players who can come into a Scotland squad desperately needing you know, a bit of rejuvenation, a bit of fresh blood. And Ryan Fraser last night, Gareth, has a stormer for Bournemouth against Arsenal, an assist and a goal. Do you see him as being somebody who can come into the Scotland squad and make
2: an impact? 100%. I watched that game last night. That was one of the first things I was thinking when I saw him running running at the, the Arsenal defence, taking them on. I mean, he, he attracted a lot of criticism yeah, when he went to Bournemouth, which was very poor, frankly. Yeah, and and, and and you know, back when he went to Bournemouth, Bournemouth obviously weren't the club they are now either. You know, in the in the in the league they are now, and he's had to go out and he's had his loan spells. He's had injury spells this uh, this season, last season. When you looked at him last night. That kind of low centre of gravity, that pace he's got—he almost bullied those defenders. And he's not a big—he's not a big guy.
1: But well, I, I have to say, you know, I, I've read it on Twitter I've seen supporters talking about his height and how he can't play for Scotland. Well, I mean, Sean Maloney's not exactly a giant. Yeah. You know, catchy Anya. You know, Barry Bannon. I mean, these are these are players that Ryan Fraser can look in the eye. <laughs> uh, you know, so... And he's doing it in the English Premier League.
2: Yeah, and there aren't enough of them right but, now, Derek, that, that you, you know, you can just... Uh, you can ignore them.
1: No, and I spoke to Eddie Howe a couple of months ago and Eddie revealed that he'd been in discussions with Gordon Strachan about Ryan Fraser. And in Eddie's mind, Ryan can play for Scotland. So,
2: that's I good think, enough for me. I think the way the campaign has gone so far, I think now is the time... For the, the younger guys Basically for, for Gordon Strachan To map out, the, map out the future We'd
1: rather he was a centre half But nevertheless uh, <laughs> He'd be too short for a centre half I think we're both in agreement He could do well for Scotland Finally, Gareth Obviously the, the top flight's in a winter break But we have a superb championship game On Friday night Hibs, Dundee, United The two that are going for the title How do you see that one going?
2: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I think for the first week of the uh, Premiership winter break. It's brilliant that we've got this game on this week. Brilliant for the clubs. I think it's also brilliant for a Scottish football because without this game on Friday, I think there would be it would look a pretty blank week. It's so kind of it's so tight at the top there you know Hibs on 39 points Dundee United on 38 a big defeat for, for Dundee United uh, uh, yeah Dumbarton I mean it, it was their first defeat in 15 games you know, in all competitions and at the same time Chris Commons gets a late winner for Hibs 87th minute that free kick goes in are these that, moments that seasons can they can, can I mean you know, can hinge on I was looking at it earlier and you know Hibs are unbeaten in the last five at home they've lost one in the last 11 across all competitions I, I just wonder if in a in a weird way that dumbarton defeat will help dundee united going into this game. production i'm usually pretty poor at predictions but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll i'll have a go anyway. i just wonder if dundee united might sneak it 2-1. i just think that 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 dundee united team that ray mckinnon's built. i know they lost against dumbarton but there's a bit of solidity running through it and i just wonder if 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 if, if united might uh, might sneak it.
1: Gareth, thank you very much, and thank you to all the listeners tuning in to this William Hill-sponsored Sunsport podcast. All the very best. Bye now.
0: Selling a little or a lot?